going into a blended situation, you need to take into account that that second, third, and and fourth genealogy levels of people that are in your lives and that are going to be introduced to the new the new nuclear family or the blended family. Right. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 186 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. It's almost here. It's almost here. We wish you a Merry Christmas. (laughs) We wish you a Merry Christmas. So this is going to be one of the most stressful weekends in a step family's lives. (laughs) For the year. Yes. It very well can be. <laughs> yep. So we're going to give you three quick tips. Yes. Number one. 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 <laughs> I mean, David are going to fight over number one. <laughs> number one. Number one. <laughs> number one. Number one. You should do Christmas in July. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to bring the gong show back for you, David. Gong. <laughs> number one. It's okay to excuse yourself and go to the restroom. When you feel yourself getting angry. Or if you're doing the pee-pee dance. Yes, or if you're doing the pee-pee dance. Number two, it's okay not to engage in conversations that can turn negative and be used against you. Mm, That could be a quiet dinner. (laughs) Number three, don't expect any thank yous for the gifts you bought for people. I don't even do that. My own kids. <laughs> no. Remember, no expectations, people. No expectations. It'll make your mm-hmm. life easier. Heck, we could do a whole podcast just on that topic. Yes, but we're not today. No, we're not. For those of you that are celebrating Christmas in two days, two days, we wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. And next week, we'll wish you a Happy New Year. Yes, we will. You ever remember that Christmas show with the New Year's baby? Yeah. I love that show. Like a cartoon thing? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know the name of it, but I want to watch that this year. Okay. I used to love watching that. Knock yourself out. Baby New Year. (laughs) Okay. No, because it's the one that had Jack Frost in it, right? I think so. Had all these other characters. I think maybe it even had the Easter Bunny in it. I don't know, but it has something to do with Baby New Year. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about. Okay. But not really. <laughs> I don't know the name. Of, I know which one you're you talking about. I just don't know the name of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. And guess what? I'm not going to Google it right now. I will later. That <laughs> killed me there when you said you weren't going to Google something. So your sister sent me something the other day and then sent me a picture of it. And I said, well, can I just use yours to see if it works before I buy it? She's like, yeah, but I know how you are about research and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. I do. It's one of the things I love about you. Well, I think back to what I did before Google. <laughs> you had a life? <laughs> no, I went to the library. What? And looked up Consumer report stuff. No, I had a subscription to Consumer Reports. Well, I didn't. 
I got you that subscription. I know you did. So you didn't have it back then. No. But anyway, we're wrapping up this year. We'll talk more about that next week. But for now, we are going to talk about our guest today. Our guests today (laughs) are Dr. James and Ginger Della Ripa. And yes, I'm pretty confident in how I pronounce that. (laughs) And they have started the Family Core. Like C-O-R-P? C-O-R-E. Oh. Okay. Okay. They've been blending since 2010. She has a bio son who's 25. He has a bio daughter who's 19 and a bio daughter who's 17. And they have an hours daughter who is eight and an hours daughter who is four. Oh, Jesus. Y'all should have seen David's face. He went pale. <laughs> I just think about, you know, that that big difference of of age. I mean, my kids are 23, 24, well, 22 and 24. Um, I couldn't imagine having a four-year-old, too. That's almost as bad as having these three dogs running around in here. Well, that's like the lady that took our pictures. She's got a four-year-old oh, yeah. now. Yeah, she's crazy, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell her that. <laughs> oh, I know you will. <laughs> One of the things that Dr. James and Ginger talk about is how it's so important to have open communication. Mm-hmm. Isn't it, though? They went through an eight-year custody battle. Whew. Eight years, folks. I didn't even ask her how many tens of thousands, a hundred of thousands of dollars they spent. I can't imagine eight years. Mm -mm. You can rack up $10,000 in attorney bills in a day, especially if they're going to court. Anyway, the blessing with their blend has been that their kids get along great. Oh, good. Yeah. I told her she better thank God every single day. (laughs) Because when the kids don't get along... It affects everybody. Mm-hmm. And no, we're not saying the kids are the foundation of the home. But good Lord, them little gremlins r- rip it apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would say on a scale of one to ten, your kids and Jackson, we'll say after the first two years, they got along pretty well. I mean, They had the brotherly, quote, quote, fights, Mm -hmm. but they got along fairly well. It wasn't, well, I remember that one time that Jackson said Mm -hmm. you should put Ethan up for adoption. (laughs) I think that was after year two. So maybe they didn't get along as well as I think. (laughs) Uh, I think that's about normal. That's so funny, though. We were sitting on the porch at your aunt's and Jackson's like, David just needs to put him up for adoption. (laughs) (laughs) And he was serious. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. I mean, you know how even even the the kids, you know, their actual brothers, all my kids. I mean, they would fight like cats and dogs, and talk about how one of them was this or one of them was that. And oh, and Avery said he wishes he was an only child. Yep. So, yeah. but now 
you know, now they got a great re- relationship. They all do. They come home and, you know, Jackson, come give me a hug. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I know you love. I do. I do. It makes my heart happy. Oh, speaking of one other thing, y'all, I know this is off the chain, but bear with us. Jackson's girlfriend gave me the sweetest card for my birthday, talking about how much she appreciates me and us and our family. Can you get a card? She can't give you cards. <laughs> and in there, she gave me a picture that she took one day. It's like she was doing a selfie, but I was behind her hugging Jackson. And any of you that loves your babies as much as I love my baby, when you hug your baby, you can see it on your face. It's just happiness you, and joy. When you hug your baby. When you hug your baby. <laughs> and But it's also kind of a little joke with me and her because it's like, oh, he's hugging me. And you can see all those emotions in this picture. It's really good. So it was really sweet. Okay. It was really sweet. That's all I'm saying. So why don't you take a selfie with me and her hugging and behind you? You and her? Yeah. There you go with that dirty old man stuff again. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Wait a minute. You said something the other day, and me and Jackson both just looked at each other like, David, no. I know what I said. I know what I said, but y'all took it the wrong way. But it did sound the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) So I can't say anything about it. (laughs) But, you know, let's back up. I'm going. This, we're going down this little trail with again because you call me a dirty old man, which brought up something I saw the other day. Oh Lord! I was bear with us, flipping, folks. I'm sorry. I was channel surfing and I hit the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> Here is a story I'd like to tell. <laughs> okay, that's the wrong one. Oh, is it? Um, he's <laughs> <laughs> <You're> stupid. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm West Philadelphia, channel. born and raised. <laughs> The playground is where I spent most of my days. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. So he, he, Will Smith walks in, or Fresh Prince, whatever you want to call him. He walks into this like um, retirement home. He doesn't realize he's going there to, to like put up. Christmas decorations or something. Oh, he somebody, was going to go. He was, I know what it was. He was going to go meet some babes. Yeah, somebody told him a bunch of women was going to be uh-huh, there. Uh-huh. And so he didn't realize they were like all old women. So he goes in there. And and uh, anyway, long story short, he's up on a ladder. The woman grabs his butt. <laughs> like this old woman grabs his butt. And everybody just starts laughing. I'm like, you know, if that would have been a girl up on the ladder and an old man grabbed her butt, oh, my goodness. It's the double standard, people. It's the double standard. Okay. See, I can see it on your face just looking at you. <laughs> you got that disgusting look on your face. <laughs> I'm not disgusted that they grabbed his butt. <laughs> no, you're disgusted because you had the visual of an old man grabbing a girl's butt on a ladder. <laughs> you're right. I know. It's just. That takes me back. Know. Whatever happened to that shirt that says David is right? Hashtag David is right. Um, I, I, uh, I think I sent it to Goodwill. <laughs> You're going to see somebody else wearing it. Okay. Sorry about that, folks. We really can't help it. You know how we are. Yeah. So, in other words, don't say anything if I grab some young girl's butt. David. (laughs) You are not on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's where I spend most of my days. (laughs) Okay. 
Dr. Sheila Knight and relax, Maxon. <laughs> Shooting oh, a cool. b-ball outside of the school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stop before Will Smith comes and slaps me. With the dice in the mirror. Um, okay. <laughs> Dr. James and Ginger have created an app. It has some similarities to the My Family Wizard or Talking Parent. But it has a lot of additional things. And we talk about the benefits of having this because one of the things that it can be used for outside of a blended family is you could put medical information for your mom or your dad. And she made a comment, said something about, you know, your father-in-law and the cardiologist. I was like, I don't know if Papa's ever been to a cardiologist. No. But, you know, <laughs> it's important to know what medicines they're on and things like that. Mm-hmm. And if something happens, you get all out of sorts, and it's hard to remember everything. So on this app, you can pull up that information and say, here it is. Cool. So that's really good. I think our local fire departments give out this thing like you can put on a refrigerator. It's a big refrigerator magnet, but it's, you know. It's not a magnet. Oh, well, then you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So you should be telling the story. Yeah. I should, because you've got it all messed up. It's basically <laughs> a piece of paper, but it's made out of cardstock, and you write all. And you put a magnet on it. You write all the information on there: who to Stick call, medicine your own, doctors, all that stuff. So that's really beneficial too. Stick it on your phone, and it's just like an app. David. <laughs> okay, folks, I'm done with him. <laughs> If anybody if, if for, anybody would like to take possession of David, you can come pick him up at the Walmart in Lancaster, South Carolina. He'll be on aisle two with the tampons. It's not where they're at. That's <laughs> <laughs> where the fresh produce is. <laughs> All right, let's get to listening, David. All right. Today we have Dr. James and Ginger Della Ripa of the Family Corps. Hey y'all, how you doing? Good, Lori. How are you? Good. So tell us a little bit about you, and then we'll talk more about the family core. So how long have y'all been a blended family? Sure. We uh, began to blend in early 2010, and we came in with uh, his, hers, and ours. He came in with two. I came in with one, and then we created two more, a boy and a girl. So we are a family of seven with five kids blended. Wow. And how old are your bio kids? Our bio kids are eight and four, soon to be nine and five. Okay. And then the step kids? All the other kids are 25, 19, soon to be 20 and 17. So there's a pretty good gap there. There is. Our our middle, who is now our middle child, was the baby. She was a baby for many, many years. And then she kind of got knocked off her throne. So, but she did well with it, but yeah, we um we were just the five of us for quite some time, and then we made a decision to add two more. Oh, how sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told my husband, I said, we need to adopt a baby. Sure. And he said, you've lost your mind. <laughs> exactly. No more. <laughs> well, luckily, we're at the age that we're getting grandkids now, so. Yes. Well, we All right. Yet. <laughs> yeah. No grandkids yet. <laughs> no. They're going to happen eventually. You know that. Yes. 
And it's going to be amazing when it does. Yes. So yeah. you mentioned that your youngest child got dethroned. Yep. Uh, yeah. In our blend, in our blend situation, because we had a girl when we had a child together first, we had a girl. So we had our middle child. She was the baby. So she's actually, we see it as an advantage. She got the opportunity to be the baby and then she moved to being a big sister. So she was a middle child and currently she's the oldest child at home. So she's getting the opportunity to be the, the oldest right now. So with the, just the eight and the four-year-old at home. Mm-hmm. I've actually started reading the birth order book. Which is so spot on. <laughs> yes. And it's very interesting. For instance, my sister is five years older. Mm-hmm. So according to the book, I do have middle child tendencies, but I also have the oldest child tendencies because of that gap between our ages. Yes, absolutely. I can I can attest to that. Our middle child now, who was the baby, she's got all three tendencies. So she gets, you know, at times, depending on the situation, she gets a little discombobulated because James and I still are the authority in the family, but she, you know, she, sometimes she has to be the boss and sometimes she likes to be the the middle and sometimes she still likes being the baby. So it's all there. And then the one underneath her, the eight-year-old, she has the same exact tendency. So they're very much similar. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause the, because of the age gap and then because the order, the birth order. Right. And I didn't realize I mean, I knew that it would change the quote, quote, birth order when you started a blend, but I didn't realize how much it can disrupt a child because their birth order changes. Sure. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I don't, we had this conversation with another couple the other day and with the transition that we had, although we feel it's in hindsight, it was very blessed. Our oldest daughter, who was the oldest in her birth order, when we blended, she was very much okay with backing down from that birth order and letting her brother take over and and just getting to a point where she could relax mm-hmm. in the change. So more disruptive for one and very, very accommodating, accept- yeah, accommodating yeah. accepting for the other. Yeah. So for instance, our 17-year-old Ev, you know, she was the youngest of the original three who later found herself in the, in the middle child role and, and now is the, the oldest child role with two younger kids still at home. She has adapted well to those changing roles, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that she has taken on the responsibility quite well. You know, she watched uh, the older two in those leading, leading roles as the older children very observant and and was able to take on those characteristics uh, as she aged up the ladder. And um, I think it's a it's evidence of a, of a well-adjusted child to be able to uh, demonstrate that type of adaptability in the family. If yes. You will. And uh, I think that's one of those psychological indicators to to demonstrate that the, the child is um, uh, happy in the home. Honestly, uh, to show some resilience, adaptability, and uh, taking on the uh, just, just the the role of not giving up 
not disengaging from whatever the circumstances might be at home. Right. So you both met and you each have kids. And we hear this all the time. Did you know what you were getting into? Uh, no. <laughs> no, not at all. But we, I think when people say that, like when you say, oh, we blended and now we have five children, you know, they, they think you're out of your mind because mm-hmm. not only are you blending, but you're adding in grandparents, aunts, uncles, exes, their family, and then adding two more children on top of it and the confusion of, you know, is it bio? Is it blended? Is it, you know, who, whose is it? Who is that <laughs> on the other side to this child now? So no, I don't think that we recognized what we were getting into. And I'm sure that in hindsight, a decade ago, there might've been days where you contemplated that because I'm sure every blended family does. But I think we've passed all the markers of, you know, the familiar markers that are out there that you're tagged. Like if you make it this far, you know, you're doing okay. Or if you've sustained this, you're doing okay. We had an extremely, extremely litigious battle on one side and kind of a not absent, but open type of parallel parenting on the other. So it, you know, we, we got to see from all sides. And I think we just kind of felt relief once they kind of aged, not aged out, they just aged up. Right. We didn't, we didn't really take into account all those external forces coming in on what is your new nuclear family, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't think about uh, the new uncles, the new aunts, the new cousins, all playing a part and the kids getting comfortable in their new family dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. They're just concerned with, okay, this is your new brother. This is your new sister. Oh, by the way, there's a baby on the way and (laughs) I'm going to play stepdad right now. And I'm going to be your friend, but I'm also going to be your parent. All we were, we're concerned with all that. However, you have to take into consideration the bigger picture, especially if you do have other family involved in your lives, if they live near you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't take that into account. And those forces do come into play while you're trying to blend and they can create havoc or they can help create harmony, depending on how how the relationships are with those those third and fourth generation family members uh, that are still interacting with you on a week to week or month to month basis. And so going into a blended situation you need to take into account that that second third and and fourth genealogy levels of people that are in your lives and that are going to be introduced to the new the new nuclear family or the blended family right david's parents live very close to us and they were very involved in his kids lives after david and his ex split up so when i came into the picture there was Issues with boundaries, we will say. Right. And that was not fun to figure out how to handle. In fact, it was horrible. And that caused a lot of our problems. Sure. Yeah. External forces putting, you know, they're, I'm sure just trying to, you would hope that they're trying to hold 
their position for the safety of the child. We have really only recognized a couple of those circumstances where that had happened. But again, when you're when you're blending, people do need to take into consideration the, the husband and the wife, your husband and wife first, and that everything else is secondary to that. So um, James and I were very forward. We're both very similar, very A-type, very, you know, assertive, pro- assertive control freaks, whatever you want to call us. But we came in with the understanding that if if he told the kids that the sky is red today, I will die saying the sky is red. I am not going to go back on that. And and we needed to create a united front, not only for our children, but everybody involved, stating that this is the decision we made. We're going to be together. We are not going to split. And everybody else needs to adapt if they want to be part of the circle. Mm-hmm. So I know that those circumstances are out there and they are difficult. We've encountered them with, you know, I don't, I guess you can call them like twice removed with aunts and uncles and and that type of thing. But we just kind of, as far as the next generation, our parents who were not divorced, both of our parents have been married over 55 years and, and they didn't really understand this circumstance. Like, why you'd get divorced and why you'd get remarried. And once you got divorced, isn't it just going to be you and the kids and we'll help out, you know, type of mentality, but we, you know, you, you have to hold your ground with your spouse if that's the decision that you've made to blend. Right. And I know in the beginning, David and I both struggled with feeling we had to choose our kids over our partner when there was an issue, for instance, say the kid said, Lori screamed at me this morning. Well, you don't want to think that your kid's lying and you don't want to think that your partner's lying. Sure. So what happened? And we have a good um, story about that. One of the kids had actually told David, Lori yelled at us this morning. And I'm like, what? No, I didn't. Well, what it was is I would go to wake the kids up in the morning because David had to leave like at four o'clock for work. And they were used to mom all waking them up by rubbing their backs and come on time to get up. And, you know, I bust in the door and I'm like, rise and shine kids that ain't mine. And so one of them was like, she hollered at us. Well, his perception to him was right. I did holler at them. But I didn't holler at them sure. from my perspective. Yeah. So a lot of times we had to figure out what's the perspective going on with this. Yeah. So those are the growing pains of getting to know each other, right? Different yes. Different characteristics and personalities and backgrounds coming together, especially in kids who are still thinking in a concrete manner, right? They're not able to, to look at things from other people's perspective just yet. Uh, the key there, I believe, is uh, open communication all the time, which can get exhausting. But if your heart is in the right place and you are 100% resolute about making the family work, you're going to have to go the extra mile, right? You're going to have to sit down during those turbulent times and talk it out and and do that in a very patient and compassionate way with, with younger children. Older kids, we know, can get manipulative and there's different strategies that might need to be employed to take to take care of those situations. 
But the younger kids, it's it's a matter of them getting to know you and who you are. And so you have to you have to spend the energy and spend the time with them so they get comfortable around you and get to understand who you are and where you're coming from. And then that they know they obviously they learned later on that you weren't necessarily hollering at them or angry at them. That was just that was just what your the personality. Way, yeah, the way you were loving on them that morning, right? Right. Right. And I find it interesting when people say you have to put your marriage first. And I'm not saying you don't. I agree with that. And I will say this to a degree. And the reason I say that is I have seen families, blended families, where one of the partners, will just say the stepdad, for instance, says either that kid goes and lives with their other bio parent or we're done. So that person has to choose, is my marriage first or my responsibility as a parent? In that specific scenario, I would pack my kid up and leave. Yeah, that's a no-brainer right there. Because in a blended family, people know that you're bringing a history with you. Right. You know, straight away, you're going to need to... to accept the terms of what that means. Um, right. Now, you know, if there's illegality going on or unethical or unmoral situations going on, which can come into play, that's a different story. But yes, from a straightforward standpoint, exactly. I, I think that's the right motive is, is you're accepting of me, but not my child that I'm bringing into this blended family. That's, that's, a, that's a non-start issue right there. Right. And my child is my responsibility. Right. Yes. So when your kids met, let's see, they were around 13, 7, and 5? Yeah, right in there. They um, 12, 12, 7, and 4, I believe, right? Yeah, 12, mm-hmm. 7, and 4. How did they get along? Well, it's funny that you asked, Lori, because I'm literally looking at a photo on my husband's office wall, and I'm thinking that that is about three months after they blended and you can't tell that they're not blood siblings and you can't, you know, you they're these three were incredible. Like they had a decision to make their, their whole worlds were changing. And James and I had made a decision. He had met Bodhi first, our oldest boy. He had met him first. We had done some outings together, just the three of us in making this decision because then you're, you're then going to expose a 12-year-old boy to a seven and a four-year-old female who had never been around a boy. Mm-hmm. And so we had, we had taken him out to do several things first, just the three of us made the decision to introduce the girls. And at the time we decided we would meet and then we would go to dinner. And we actually met at a, at a, a store, a technology store, and he got there first. So the girls had asked if they could sit down where the TV was and watch a movie. And he said, yes. So he had them sitting on the little um, display couch watching a movie. And when I had come in, I said, well, you know, let's go, let's go find James because he's got the girls. And Bodhi said, well, while you find him, can I go watch the movie and just wait for you guys? And I said, sure. Not knowing that the girls were already sitting there. So 
I went to find James. When I found James, he was alone. And I said, where are the girls? And he said, well, they wanted to watch a movie. And I said, oh no, Bodhi went to watch the same movie. So by the time we got there, all three of them were sitting on the couch together watching this movie. And I had asked after, you know, they introduced themselves and I had asked after the fact what happened. And our daughter, who is now 19, said, well, Bodhi walked up. He said, I believe that you are Evelyn and Amelia and we're supposed to meet. And of course, they're (laughs) taken off guard. And he said, well, we're going to be best friends forever. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And our daughter, Amelia, who was very mother-esque and had always parented our four-year-old, who is now 17, was taken off guard. And she just said, okay. And he said, okay. And they sat down together and that was it. We've never heard them, between the three of them, never heard them raise their voice at each other, never had them in an argument to where we had to separate them and make a decision. It was just completely heaven sent that the blend actually went that way. And it gave it gave our at the time seven year old a sense of release that relief that she didn't have to protect the four year old anymore. And I think it was just God setting us up because following immediately following that we had an eight year custody battle that without that blend, we probably wouldn't be able to have sustained the turmoil that we had gone through. So right from the start, they met protected each other and they're the bond that the three of them have is inseparable even as adults now yeah we look back at it and um maybe maybe there was some good steps taken on by ourselves unknowingly and that was uh because the boy was 12 at the time boy was 12 at the time you know he could start to think for himself a little bit and so it was a better idea in hindsight to be more formal about an introduction. He felt like he was part of the plan for that day uh, when I met him. And uh, it it seemed to go well from that standpoint. Then moving forward, when the girls and Bodhi first met, we kind of allowed them to do it under their own terms, right? Right. let them just be kids around each other. They they knew each side knew that they were going to meet the other that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was always the goal of that that meeting that day. But we let them kind of do it under their own terms. We weren't standing there over watching over them, saying, "Okay, now you guys are going to play nice, and that's just going to be the way it is." We let them kind of sort out the pecking order among themselves and get to know each other for a little bit of time just randomly by themselves and so it really came quite natural for them to be fond of each other and and become and grow as friends Uh, and so that that happened to work out quite nicely Uh, again did we know what we were getting into and what we were doing no but looking back on it because we've we've looked back on this a number of times now Mm -hmm. that was a good recipe for us uh, the way the way we handled it, so we <laughs> we were just we were we were just blessed that uh, things fell into that order because we do know that not always uh, do n- new siblings or s- stepbrothers stepsisters get along that well, but that that tended to work out for us in that manner. 
And you are right. You are definitely so blessed that that's how the interaction with those kids went because it could have went completely south. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love how your son, Ginger, came in and he's like, and we're going to be best friends forever. Like, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, his his um, he's an only child on the other side. And so for him, I think it was probably it probably had some cool affect to it that suddenly, you know, it's not a brand new baby, but it's it's people that are, you know, somewhat independent of of us and that they could have a good time. And they've all three for their own in their own personalities have kind of idolized each other and have a high level of respect for each other. And to be quite honest, now at 25, 19 and 17, they don't come to us first. If, if I, I mean, I, I still check phones and call records and those types of things. And we, James and I are not the first go-to between the three of them they, they <laughs> first, which is great, right? Cause somebody has got to pick our nursing home. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's what we're going for. <laughs> yeah. My son threatens to throw me in a nursing home all the time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm trying to convince him that it would be better if he took care of me. And he's like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, no. Well, with my son, he came in and there were the four brothers. That's what we always refer to David's kids as the brothers. And when we got married in 2009, the triplets were nine and Avery had just turned 11. And there was a lot of tension, I guess you'd say, because Jackson wanted to be involved in everything, but he was five years younger than the triplets. So that age gap didn't help a lot. And then say, for instance, if we went to Wendy's, David's kids would all go sit in a booth. Well, there's no room for my baby. Mm. And it would break my heart. Mm -hmm. But I knew not to force them to make Jackson sit there. And thankfully, over time, they have built their own bonds, and they get along great now, which I'm so thankful for, because I was afraid that when the brothers left for the Air Force, three of them went into the Air Force, that they would have no contact with Jackson. Right. Now, granted, he's got different relationships with all of them, but two of them he's fairly close with, and I'm so thankful for that. Right, that they had built a bond. Yes, And once you read your birthing order book or when you complete it, you would think to yourself, if they weren't triplets, the baby of the three would then connect Mm -hmm. in some some way. So it would be the oldest or the youngest would probably have some form of a relationship with the child, but they're triplets. So then it makes it, it makes it more difficult because there's a pecking order. Mm -hmm. And so you know, for, for him to actually maintain or sustain a relationship out of that, it, it's against the odds. Yes. So it is good that they ended up having some form of a relationship, which is great. But they're old. How old are they now? The triplets are 22. Avery is 24. And Jackson is 17. There you go. You're almost an empty nester. Don't talk about it. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> I, I don't even think I was ready for his kids to move out because they all moved out at the same time. Right. And right. It, it was just too much. So I ended up recently 
getting two puppies. And David said it was because I missed the chaos of his kids. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I, there's got to be moving parts. I, we're kind of we're kind of at that stage now because the once Evelyn, our 17 year old, goes, her marker is she'll either leave at the start of June or she'll leave in August, um, depending on which academic route she chooses. And we'll be down to two. There mm-hmm. are biological two, so we don't have to. There's no court order. There's no you know other stuff. And we, quite frankly, we don't, we don't know how that is going to go for us. I mean, you think it's complete freedom, but right. But so we we did end up getting a dog this year. <laughs> You're preparing, yeah, just to buffer the crisis. <laughs> yes. So you mentioned that you had an eight year custody battle. Yes, I ha- personally have been in a seventeen year, not custody battle, but I'm going to try not to pay you child support battle. Yes. Mm-hmm just a conflict across the board. And it is draining emotionally, financially. We could even say spiritually. I mean, it is draining. Yes. And I'm not a big fan of the family court system. And I say that from the winning side. Mm -hmm. I think it needs to be revamped. There's no reason you should have have went through an eight-year custody battle, if you ask me. I don't even know the details, but that's too long. Yeah, we agree. And it takes its toll on you as a person and your relationship with your partner because, and even your kids, I know I could have the best day and then I'd get a letter in the mail from the attorney. Right. And then I was snippy with everybody. And it wasn't that they did anything wrong. It was just, I was so frustrated with this court crap, as I call it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. So how did your custody battle, did it go in your favor? It, it did, um, but there was many uh, hurdles along the way that were not. Arizona, in the standing, in a, in a general sense, is a mom-heavy state when we started. It's since become a little bit more equal for fathers, mm-hmm. but just in the, in the circumstance, they immediately side with mom. And we were dealing with some other components that were unhealthy. So along with being in the court system, along with trying to protect the girls from any circumstance that could happen to them while they were away, you have that in a general sense anyways, when you let your child go out the door, because you worry, right? Right. I don't, I haven't met one parent that just says, oh, God has it. I'm just going to let them go out the door and not worry at all. Yeah, that's not how we operate as humans. And I don't think that's the way he designed us. So then to put an an addition on it, on the opposing side where there were factors where we we definitely knew that there could be a danger to the children, it made it even more difficult. So you're going through the court system who isn't working fast enough. You're going through the daily grind of separating with your children, but trying to keep them safe at a Mm -hmm. distance. And then just trying to blend as a couple together along with blending the children. And, you know, in the interim, we decided to have another child. So there was a lot, there was a tremendous amount of balancing acts, like balancing so many spinning plates at one time. Yeah. But I agree with you. The court system can be very exhausting. The process can be lengthy. It's expensive. And I think in hindsight, you have to, if there's not, you know, a 
an illegal component on the other side or a, a dependency problem or a mental health problem or something to that effect that you truly need to push forward in protecting the child, you have to recognize, am I splitting hairs or am I spending more money on an attorney than I would if I was getting child support or not? Because right. it is and it is unhealthy and it is detrimental. It can be detrimental to your relationship with your new spouse and everybody involved. Yes. So I agree with you. It's yes, you're in a 17 year battle, but somebody early on said to me, recognize the fact that you're either going to put your attorney's child through college or you're going to save and put your own kid through college. Right. And that, that made a huge impact on me because as a single mom, you tend to be extremely frugal mm -hmm. and I don't have money to pay, you know, anywhere from a $400 bill if they work one hour for you or a $4,000 bill if, you know, there's multiple hours involved for whatever's going on that month. Yeah. The funny thing with my situation, though, is I wasn't the one taking him to court. Right. <laughs> so it was, do I get an attorney and defend myself or what do you do? Right. And the court system, unfortunately, has a lot of, well, until something happens. Right. Well, my son's life isn't a wait until something happens. Right. And it's, it's just so hard to deal with that and to go through that journey. And I know that the court system needs to be revamped and there's a lot of things that can be done. But then again, I think that a lot of times the court system goes with the, okay, you can't get along. I'm going to make sure nobody's happy. Right. I'm not going to side with either one of you. And, and I don't know that it's always to the benefit of the child. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, we'll get off the court system <laughs> okay. topic because I can talk about that all day long. Right. It'll just get you riled up, Lori. It will. It will. And I'll have to go, ooh, take a breath, take a breath. So you've got this blend. Your kids are getting along great, which, girl, I'm telling you, I would wake up every morning and be like, thank you, Jesus, because yeah. that's just awesome. What made y'all start your business, the Family core or your ministry? Yeah, so um, really, it boils down to a Holy Spirit moment that my wife had. I don't really get the Holy Spirit moments, so I rely on her to receive the Holy Spirit moments to keep pointing us in the right directions. And uh, it was it was late in 2018. She woke me up in the middle of the night and she said, James, wake up. We need to build an app. The Holy Spirit just told me. And so I'm in my groggy state in the middle of the night and I tell her that that sounds great and go back to sleep and we'll talk about it in the morning. So I usually get up first in the morning. And so I'm having my coffee, going through some emails and I'm sitting at the, in the kitchen and I began to think about what she said. And quickly I'm going through a little bit of a eight year history in my mind about how moms and other families have always approached us and said, you know, we really admire how, how the kids have come together and how you're always on time for everything. And everybody's always ready for whatever events taking place at, at any of the schools where they were, where they were going. And it really, it really reminded me of, of all the organization that we had in place 
for the kids and how we were always ready for them and preparing them for tests or, or plays or uh, sporting events. And so it began to make sense that maybe we just had this organizational gene to us that other people don't, you know, other people have other types of spiritual gifts. And so as I thought about it more that same morning, I began to come around to the idea that maybe this is a good idea. And so we talked about this for basically the remainder of 2018 and then put that into action in 2019 and began to build out uh, the product that we have now, which is called the Family Core. Uh, and it's based on uh, four pillars that we think helps to organize families, uh, keep uh, exes, like ex-parents, uh, involved in, in those biological kids that are now part of your nuclear family, uh, and also helps you to engage with your kids more often on a, on a daily basis. So the four pillars are a color-coordinated calendar where you assign a color to each of the children. And then you can filter that calendar out by everybody or just that individual child, see what's going on in that in the day with that child. Mm-hmm. It has a, a, a secure chat feature for only the people who are on your platform. Um, so that can include those other exes or just the children, if, if you so choose it to be that way. But it helps you to stay engaged with your kids throughout the day. But it does, it, it's a non- editable chat platform on purpose so that uh, when you are speaking with the with the ex about other issues, uh, you know, they they can't go and change dialogue later on down the road if there are litigious purposes or ideas in mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> have a geolocation feature for check-in purpose. So you can be chatting with your kids and say, hey, please check in. And the idea there is not so much to helicopter over them, although we probably are guilty of that because we're concerned with their safety. But it also gives you content to talk about later in the day. Hey, I saw you went over to Taco Bell after school. Who, you know, who were you with? What was going on? And, and it allows you the purposes of discussion topics, right? Mm-hmm. And then finally, we have a, a document storage feature. So you can uh, upload uh, files or you can take pictures. Uh, on your camera, and then you can build your own filing system. So we we built in a couple of general categories just to help people get started with that organizational aspect. And we have a general category, a medical, a legal, and a scholastic. And then we put some subcategories under each of those. For instance, medical, you could have vaccination records or reports. Uh, under legal, we put in custody documents or any types of like uh, birth certificates or social security numbers. So you can keep track of all that information and you can keep it safe because we use the uh, same cloud platforms that doctor's offices and attorney's offices use. So it's all HIPAA compliant behind a two-step verification process. Uh, And then to actually access any of those types of sensitive documents, even if you're logged into your account, you still have to have a PIN system. So we have a third set of credentialing to actually access any of those pieces of private information. Just because they're on the Family Core app doesn't mean that anybody can see them. You'd say you have 10 people in your account. The only people that you tag on the actual document can see the document. So if you don't tag them on the document, they have no idea the document is even existing in your in your platform. So that's the way that you can keep information safe and away from people that don't, don't have any business knowing what's on those pieces of information. But it also allows you to share them when you need to. You know, typically when you need a piece of information like a birth certificate, you're not at home in front of your your file cabinet. You're out somewhere doing something. 
Right. So this is a way to have that that digital Rolodex at your hands uh, all the time. It's a really powerful tool. So we think those four those four items are the pillars to a good, productive, efficient, uh, organized, and frequently engaging family. Uh, mm-hmm. It was designed for blended families. However, we've noticed that busy nuclear families can benefit from the product just as well. And it's also uh, designed for co-parenting through divorce situations. So uh, it's worked out in a spectrum of different families. And uh, it's we're just we're very pleased with the product. So we, we built the product in 2019 and we launched it in 2020. We had great feedback. We're, you know, you can purchase the product through our web page or you can go to Google Play or the Apple App Store and download the apps yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's both a, a laptop web-based version as well as a mobile version. Uh, we got great feedback through 2020. We were in we were on six continents all of a sudden. Um, and uh, we realized that we needed to go back, search out a bigger, better developer. And we reskinned this whole thing from the, the data logic layer all the way up to how it looks aesthetically. And the user, the user friendly ability of it is, is amazing. So we rebuilt it again in 2021 and, and launched it at the about this time last year, actually, the laptop version mm-hmm. of it. And then we put the mobile back in the stores early in 22. Uh, and so now we have an actual version one of the product. And it's just it just works so well. And it's it's just so handy to have. Uh, it works for not just all the important documents, but heck, you can keep track of your tire sizes for all your vehicles or, or uh, the, you know, the air filter sizes in your house when you're walking through Walmart and you're like, you know what, I haven't changed those in six months, but I can't never remember the sizes of them. Well, you can build a file for stuff as easy as that. And so you have all that type of information at your fingertips all the time. So we have found we've gotten great feedback throughout this year uh, with people using the product. They like the way it works, the speed of the product, uh, and people tend to agree with us that this is, in fact, organizing the family and it's helping uh, the kids stay engaged throughout the day. So that's the product that we have now. Uh, it was from the Holy Spirit, and it's been quite a quite a journey so far since 2018 to, well, heck, end of the year 2022. Jen, do you have anything to add to that? No, I think he covered it all. I, I was quite surprised once we did build it and do a prototype. We found out that people that consider themselves pet parents had their dogs and horses and cats and all <laughs> their, you know, their shop records and dog walker appointments and who fed the dog and you know those types of tasks on it. And then we actually had a young girl from a nuclear family that said, for the first time, my dad didn't have to ask where I dance. I've danced at the same place for the last three years, and he doesn't know when and where to pick me up. And he didn't ask because he got the information from, you know, it's kind of your corporate family center. Right. So nuclear families, blended families, we fortunately, but unfortunately, last Thanksgiving sat down with my in-laws and set my in-laws up with you know, cardiologists, COVID shot records, all of the important documents, medicine that medicine, current medicine list, power of attorneys. And four days later, we had to use it. Oh, gosh. Um, so it the hospital saying this individual has COVID, you're going to need to leave. But before you leave, I need I need to know 
COVID shot records. I need a current medication list. I need all of his contacts for cardiologist primary care. Has he had any current blood work, you know, due to the the current circumstances and you need to go. Right. It took about 30 seconds to pull all of that information up, email it to them, and then we needed to go. So all of it was in hand. We had answers to all of their questions, which I'm going to bet you don't know your father-in-law's cardiologist and the phone number and his last appointment and what the record was to his EKG. I can bet you're right because I don't even think my father-in-law has been to a cardiologist. (laughs) Well, there you go. So fortunately and unfortunately, we've had to use it in some trying times, but we know it works. So just a... I know that you understand, Lori, from all of the blending and the components that come with it and trying to nurture your relationship and trying to grow a relationship with your now new new stepkids, that having a sense of being organized and having your children know you're organized, you surely are the one that they are going to recognize as the pillar of organization of all the chaos. And that's a very comforting thought. Um, for everybody involved. Right. So let me ask you this. I know that there are other step family, blended family apps that, Mm -hmm. for instance, the court system will recommend. And the only one I can think of, well, actually there's two, Talking Parents, I think is one, and My Family Wizard. Mm -hmm. What is the difference in yours versus theirs? What we're trying to do is we're trying to promote the communication and the engagement early on before things get to that point where you're ordered to use some type of communication tool or material sharing tool. Mm -hmm. So we're out there trying to promote this as a product for families in a general sense. However, because we're a blended family and understand a lot of the challenges of blended families, we we certainly are targeting blended families because we know that there are legal aspects in blended families, not just in co-parenting through divorce. But if we can get the message out to get on a product like this early, you're probably going to save yourself a lot of turmoil and emotional liability down the road. Even if it does end up going towards the court system, now you have something in hand to show that you're trying to be a responsible parent. You're, you have a calendar in place, you have documents in place, all those important documents in place, and you can share these this information whenever you need to. One of the other aspects to our to our app is that when you add a document, you can alert the other party that a document has been added. Like let's say you take the child to to the doctor's office and there's an updated vaccination record at the end of that appointment. Well if you add that new vaccination card into the app, they can get alerted that a new document's been added and they've been tagged on it. You've done your communication right there without even having lifted a finger to text them or to call them, anything like that. Right. The app has done the communication for you, but in fact, it's recognized by the court that you are doing the responsible thing in two ways. You basically recorded that you did take the child to the doctor, which is always a sign that you're being a good parent, but you've also informed the other party. Uh, without having to directly speak to them. Right. So the app is hopefully alleviating going down that litigious road. That's the idea of it. Uh, The second part is we've had a lot of feedback as to how 
I'm not going to say the name of the app, but how one of the apps is not does not function very well, does not perform very well as a product in hand. Mm-hmm. We, we, on the other hand, are quite proud of how our, our product functions. Uh, it's been very reliable. All of our quality testing uh, has demonstrated that we have ironed out all the kinks uh, in the product and it is, is working quite well and is behaving in a very secure fashion. So we're very happy with that as well. I think in those two ways, that separates us from the two apps that you, that you uh, had mentioned earlier. Right. And I will say I have never used either one of those apps. I think they came about the last couple of years. And I don't know that it would have benefited me and my ex at all, actually. We do parallel parent, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Communication is strained. Mm-hmm. So when you can't get someone to respond to emails, they're probably not even going to look at an app. But that's just me saying that. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely understand where you're at. And it and it's hard to show that you're making the effort. But I think that to to conclude what James said, we are looking at this, you know, people say that you're either coming into a storm, you're in a storm, or you're going out of a storm. And so we when we created this product, we created it with the sense that we want to create harmony before the hurricane, because you know, the hurricane's going to come. Right. So if we can try and be as harmonious as possible, then the one that benefits truly in the long run is the child. So, you know, snapping, a, you, you know, this from, from your circumstances, snapping a picture of the child's artwork or their award, their football award, or their honor roll award or whatever it is and putting it into an app and tagging the other parent didn't hurt you at all, but it showed the child that accolade was important to you. It was important to them. And now the other parent has a copy of it. They do what they want with it, but you have done your job in front of your child that you are trying to create the harmony and recognize them for what they did. Good. Right. Yeah, you're demonstrating that you're you're behaving like a parent, right? Usually mm-hmm. when strained relationships, the parents aren't necessarily behaving like like parents. And all that comes out in the wash with the kids. They they recognize that the parents aren't getting along and whom and, and they make judgments about who's who they think is behaving poorly and who's not. Yes. So if you take the high road and start building the file system on the family core, you don't know what could take place down the road. The other parent might have some type of epiphany and decide, you know what, they, they really are doing the right thing. I don't like them, but they are doing the right thing. And maybe, mm-hmm. I, maybe I need to be more mature about this and get on board just for the sake of the children. You right. don't know what the impact could be down the road. You can't see it, right? You can say, no, they're never, ever going to come around. But you don't know that. So yeah. you just need to take the high road and behave like the parent that you're supposed to be. The kids will appreciate you for that down the road. They may not say anything to you for 15 or 20 years about it, but I bet one day it will become a topic of conversation and it will come back to you in a positive way. So you, right. just, have, you just have to continue forward because you know it's the right thing to do. And your love for your child should outweigh your disdain for your ex. For sure, because you created that child with that individual. You don't have to like them anymore, but your child is 50% of that person. 
And it's if you're saying, I don't like that person and I only want to be hostile towards that person, you're saying that that's okay for that to reflect onto your child. And it's not okay. Right. Exactly. Well, I think I could benefit from your app. So I'm definitely going to have to check it out. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'd appreciate it. I was thinking of you when you said you've got three in the Air Force and then you've got a 17-year-old. Our 17-year-old now in applying for colleges and, and going through her process, she is the first child that hasn't had to ask us for any documentation as far as my grade reports or um, shot records, social security card, birth certificate, any of that, because she has access to it now that she's older. She has access to it. We've tagged her on it and she can coordinate her own submissions when it comes to, you know, whatever it may be, applications for college, a job application. I'm sure your boys with the Air Force, they needed to supply their birth certificate, social security card, um, any type of records as they were going in those types of things. And we haven't had to supply that because they're adult enough that they can pull it up. And being the parents that we are, of course, when they're tagged on a document like that, if they open it, then we get a notification to say, Hey, you know, so somebody viewed a document. Yeah. That, that, that person particularly opened that file. So, you know, that in their process, they're getting it done but you're not having to helicopter over the process to say, did you send your social security card? Did you send your birth certificate? Did you send your vaccination record? So it gives them a sense of independence as well. And then with the geolocation check-in, when your boys are deployed or wherever they are, wherever they're stationed, sometimes they can't be, they can't have a tracking device, but when and if they can, it's always nice for the other children that are involved to see that that person checked in and they can see where they're at on the map. So it's kind of a reassuring fact that, you know, they may not have liberty to call, but at one push of a button, you can see that they got to Korea. Right. Yeah, and everybody can know that. And and the ge- our geolocation service works on both iOS, which is the Apple products, and the Android software systems, which is Motorola, LG, Google. Uh, Samsung products. So, you know, people have different phones, but they can all be seen on the same map. So that's quite handy. And and when and when a, a person does something like that and everybody else is, is in the app, again, you're you're bringing the whole idea of family back into everybody's mind. So you, you keep reinforcing the idea that this is this is what family is right now. Right. I know my son, if I I have Life 360. Mm-hmm. So I'll say something to him say oh yeah you went to taco bell who'd you go with he's like stalker (laughs) (laughs) exactly Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i just thank god every day that they did not have life 360 when i was growing up that's all i'm gonna say about that (laughs) i want it with my kids i didn't want it then but again it's you're just saying in a subliminal way i love you enough to ask right well and god forbid if something happens because something did happen to my son one time and he texted me and said, find me on Live 360. Right. This is, yes, correct. This is where I'm at. And and that, those features are there for you, whether it's a chat or a check-in on geolocation. And we found, you know, with all the uncertainty with public school systems right now, you send your kid out or I want to I be able to find my kid when they touch that button. So it finds them within 50 feet. I've never not been able to go to that location and see where my child's at if I need to. 
there's just, you know, I, I mean, it probably seems more uncertain to us now that we have children and there are threats, but it doesn't mean that there wasn't threats when we were kids. So yeah. like, like you said, you're glad that they didn't have it when you were a kid, but I'm glad they, we have it now that we are parents. Yes. It's nerve wracking to send your kids to school nowadays. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I always tell my children, when you get in the room, find the exit. Mm-hmm. So that you know in your mind, if something was to happen, you know how what your egress is and that it was never like that before. Right. And they'll have active shooter drills. Yeah. We, ne- we never had that stuff. And I remember I bought my son a thing to go in his backpack. It's almost like um, a bulletproof vest. Mm-hmm. And it just fits in his backpack. He didn't want to carry it. Told him I didn't care what he wanted. Right. And I said, and I wouldn't tell anybody you've got this because if something happened, they'd be snatching trying to get your backpack. (laughs) Yeah, it's for you and you only. (laughs) Yep. And it made me feel better. Yeah, agreed. Thank God nothing happened and he never had to use it. But still, it's just, it's sad. And the fact that we have to even think like that is sad. That's just, but that's where we are today. And that's, that's why we need the tools that we have at hand. Uh, use this technology in a positive way, right? Right. Keep, keep track of each other, engage more frequently. So that keeps keeps you in tabs of where they are and who they're with. You know, uh, active shooter situation or just being around people that are questionable. Uh, these are the things that we need to do today to keep our children safe while they're away from us during the daytime. Right. And a lot of times the other bio parent may feel like you have this on your kid's phone so you can monitor what they're doing with the kid. Right. And and yes, that's probably the case with some people. We can't say it's not. Correct. But most of the time it's not about the eggs. It's about the kid. Right. There's no level of narcissism needed. It's just the point of being able to find your kid if there was a circumstance. And that's Primarily why we went with, I know Life360 tracks you on your current lifetime. We went with the geolocation check-in because our children, it gave them an opportunity to engage. And every now and again, you know, like with our college kids, James will say, hey, can everybody check in? And it's more or less to one, then we know everybody's safe and they're checking in, but just to see everybody on the map. You know, our, our younger kids, although their, their siblings are older, they kind of want to know, they still want to know what you're doing and where your college campus is or where you're stationed or where, you know, whatever those circumstances are, it's kind of nice when you can see their face because you can put their, you know, whatever their image is on there to see your siblings. And And it doesn't, you know, we're not trying to helicopter. It's just a reassurance factor for those kids that don't get to see you all the time. I will say uh, Life360 is quirky. There was a time that David went to Japan for three weeks. And at three o'clock in the morning, it would show that I was at the bowling alley. (laughs) What are you doing at the bowling alley? Yeah. The whole time he was gone at three o'clock in the morning, it showed me at the bowling alley. And we laugh about this because I've been to that bowling alley once. Right. And it just tracked you at the bowling alley. Right. And it's not, it's not like somewhere you want to go. It's not a nice facility, really. 
And they're closed at three o'clock in the morning. But it was just so funny that he was in Japan and it started doing that and kept doing it. Sure. So we know Life 360 is not necessarily the best. It also said my son was going 99 miles an hour on his four-wheeler, which, you know, that's not true. <laughs> and so we, we know it's not the best. But so yours doesn't constantly track them is if they check in or it does constantly track them? No, it doesn't constantly track them. If they check okay. in, do a location update. So it, it, what it does is it, it it's asking you as the parent to, to chat with them and ask them to check in. You can right. put alerts in there that, that are reminders for them to check in. You could build that into your calendar and as tasks so that they get a little banner alert or mm-hmm. a push notification, if you will, that just says you can check in. So you can make it automatic, to be quite honest with you. But we like to just check in on our kids and say, hey, right. check in. And you know, then it, it can become a, a point of discussion, like I said earlier. Oh, you were at the library. Imagine that, or wherever they might have been. You know, at at um, at the school after school, like in in the stadium or at a sporting event, whatever it might be. But it just gives you the opportunity to raise a topic of discussion, and it allows you to engage and communicate with your kids. Uh, right. Yeah, you might think of it as helicoptering to begin with, but like Jim said, over time they just realize that you're interested in them. And you're being a, a loving parent. Uh, that's how it should come across after some period of time once all the outside forces get diluted out there saying, oh, your, your parents are just helicoptering over you. Right. Uh, it's not, that's not the case. And most likely what it comes down to is those kids are jealous that their their parents aren't more engaged with them. Right. Yes. It's kind of like with the stepkids. When you come in and, for instance, you're – telling them, don't do that, don't do this, whatever it is, don't run with knives. They think you're just being mean until they know that you care about them. And that's where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. Right. And consistency is the key, right? You mm-hmm. can't make rules without relationships. So you're not going to attain a relationship until, or, or you're not going to be able to, to implement the rules until you have a relationship. So I always try to be consistent as possible in our transition, like you said, morning time was a big deal, right? I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't wake up and rub backs and do all of that. That's not the kind of mom <laughs> I am. So um, you get out, you get out the bugle, don't you? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I'm, we're kind of a, that military face type of family. But now my 17 year old will joke because I used to swing the door open, open the shades, and then I would talk to her like Elmo. And she was like, that is the most, when she was small until our relationship became strong, she would tell me that is the most irritating thing I I think I've ever heard in my life. And I would, I just kept doing it. And now she's like, mom, do the Elmo voice like once, like just do it one time. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're inconsistent due to the conflict, you can't get to the other side of the relationship. So just being consistent in it and showing them that you love them and Hey, check in when you get there, check in when you get there. Now it's just second nature. If she goes out the front door, she texts and says, I'm going to school. Once she leaves for school and gets in the car that she's getting in, she says, I'm going to school. Once she gets to school, (laughs) I'm at school. And a lot of people are like, good God, your parents are crazy. And she's like, no, they just want to know I'm okay. Right. So yes. I think it all just 
comes with consistency. They fall in line and they know you love them. And that's the end of it. Mm -hmm. So did either of you come in automatically parenting the other's kids? I, I, I parent, I parented right away for my circumstance because the opposite side was there, but not for the right intention. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like there couldn't be a gap at for females at seven and four. That's a very aesthetic age for them. And um, my other half on the other side was not interested in that. It was a more of a narcissistic situation. Mm -hmm. And I felt like immediately they were getting dropped in the storm. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just couldn't have that. So I know that in most circumstances, again, people are like, Oh, that's the wrong thing to do. But when I would see my child and they weren't taken care of from a visual standpoint from the outside, I I was not going to have that at all. So for my circumstance, it was best that I mothered straight away. And I think they're thankful for it now because it gave them a foundation of how to take care of themselves when on the other, on the opposite side of visitation, they didn't have that at all. So they would, you know, sneak a call into me and say, what, what is the, what's the meal thing again? I need one protein, one vegetable, one, you know, that kind of thing. So they started to learn how to eat, what the pattern was of brush floss fluoride, you know, those types of, of patterns. They started to learn it at an early age and they were able to adapt easy to our relationship or my level of parenting. I don't think from James's perspective, and I don't want to speak for him, but he was very delicate with the age and transition. So I I can let him speak on that. Yeah. So, you know, Bodhi was 12, so he was already, you know, beginning to be an older kid. And so it was easy and he was respectful. So it was easy to give him a longer leash. He wasn't making terrible decisions from the get go. So it was, it was easier on on my part. There was a sense that there was a lot of insecurity on the other side with the dad role. And Mm -hmm. so um, he was very protective of his dad, I think. And so we, we played it more off like, uh, like friends, to begin with. However, there, there were moments of parenting and, and correcting direction, if you will, but we, we played it more of a, of, of a friend's role because there didn't, there weren't any, there was, there wasn't a lot of the immature uh, behaviors going on. So we, mm-hmm. we I didn't have to go down that road so much. And I think that was more respectful for him and respectful for for his biological dad, who I think was struggling with the fact that that there was another male role model uh, in, in in his life at that time, and so it it became it was it was it was a delicate role to play, but uh, having the awareness that 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 was the different dynamics at play uh, for him as mm-hmm. as a boy I think that we uh, I think we played that one pretty pretty well and we have we have a we have a good relationship now he's a, a young young man but we have a good relationship we're very respectful from each other we love one another and uh, yeah that's it I, I think we're friends he's he he can turn to me he knows he can 
and I can call on him when I need to. And, and he, he's very responsive. So I think it has, has worked out really well from that standpoint when you have uh, an insecure parent on one side and, and the child's worried about you, you taking over that, that full-on parent role. I think we played it about right. I'm sure there's always room for improvement, but uh, looking back, that was that's the way I played the father role in his life, and I think it worked out okay. Well, Ginger, you made a comment that you know you came in parenting because that's what they needed, and that some people will say that's wrong. Well, it worked for you, right? I think every circumstance is different. There's some yes. similarities, I'm sure, in blending, but the safety of my children was at stake, and that, you know, although we've gone through the court system and it was lengthy, I literally had a judge get off the record and say, who are you in the back of the courtroom? And I'm only talking to you. And you've been there. She, you know, we went through multiple judges and the last judge that we had in our line literally looked at me and said, it's remarkable that you're still sitting there. You've been there every court appearance You've said nothing, but you're still there. And that speaks volumes to me. So you put in the time and I knew immediately that they needed that in their Mm -hmm. life. And that's okay. I don't have, you know, it's wrong for me to throw a stone at the opposing mother. That's not, that's not my interest. My interest was I didn't marry her. I married him. And along with marrying him came them. And I was totally okay with that. I knew that that was the circumstance from the beginning. And just as I would not let my biological or a biological child of mine fail, they are mine. Now, whether they have my blood or not, they're mine and I'm not going to allow them to fail and I'm not going to let them be left behind. So immediately it was a circumstance for me, it, it worked out. It may not work out in some circumstances that the child doesn't see it the same, but it was what we needed for our case, for our family, for our situation. And I am quite proud of the young ladies that they have become. Yes. And of course, now I can say stuff to my stepkids that's more of a parenting. I came in full force. I was going to fix the world. And the kids didn't need that. And once I kicked into, I will be the friend, the mentor, the confidant, it changed our dynamics so much and for the better. And they know that I love them and I would do anything in the world for them. Absolutely. And and that's what they need, right? Yes. They need to know that you will be there. And And I think for children in general, that's what they need. Right. There is nothing wrong, and I and I say it all the time. It's okay that everybody on the planet knows that I'm going to be the mom that picks up on the first ring. That's just who I am, mm-hmm. and I'm proud to be that. I don't know if there's any other position other than like my relationship with Christ, my relationship with my husband, that anything is going to come between that. I'm always going to pick up on the first ring, and all five of my kids know it. Right. Oh, yeah. It's funny, one time David and I were out to eat, and this number shows up on my phone. And I'm like, that number sounds familiar. And I, But it didn't show a name. So I didn't answer it. Then I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, that's Jackson, my son. 
for, for whatever reason, it didn't pick up, you know, on the caller ID or whatever it was, my yeah. contact. And so um, I called him back. I'm like, I'm so sorry <laughs> because I am also that parent that if you call me and if for whatever reason I missed it, I almost panic. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's what's wrong. Why are you calling me? You need me. I, I need to be here for you. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You need something. They need something. They're they're not just calling to say hello. Right. Exactly. Well, tell us again what your website is and where people can find you. Sure. We're at www.thefamilycore.com. And then we also are trying to make sure that we commu- we create a community for However, you're parenting, whether you're a single mom, single dad, blended, nuclear, fostering, adopting, whatever that is, we try and build a community on Instagram with recipes and things to do with your kids and other resources like yourself. And that way, you know, we're all in this community. We're all in this together. And I want to make sure that resources are provided or or acknowledged more than they were when we started to blend so many years ago. So on Instagram, we're at the family core. We're also on Facebook and Pinterest, but mostly Instagram. And then you can start a free seven-day trial on our webpage, which is like I said, www.thefamilycore.com, or you can get us through the stores, either either Google Play or the Apple Store. Okay. Well, I am so thankful that y'all created this, and I'm sure that it's going to help a lot of people, like you said, not just in blended families. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, we appreciate it too, Lori. Thank you for being so vulnerable and letting us know your story as well, and we appreciate what you're doing. Well, thank you very much. Y'all have a great day. Hey, you you too. Have a great day. Bye-bye. One of the things that they talk about this app is how it's designed for blended families and co-parenting. But... Don't fret if you can't co-parent or don't co-parent. If you parallel parent like I did, you can still put stuff in there. They'll just ignore it, but you can still keep information in there. (laughs) You can use it to document things for court when you go. Cool. Maybe there should be a parallel parenting app. (laughs) Just a (laughs) (laughs) one-sided. And I only pay $3 a month instead of 6 because my ex ain't going to use this. (laughs) I think the parallel parenting app is called Microsoft Word. (laughs) Yeah, it's called something. (laughs) It's just a notebook. That's it. That's what we should do. We should have a, a, we should do a book. And on the front of it, it says the parallel parenting app. (laughs) It's just a bunch of empty pages. (laughs) A book that says it's an app. Yeah. Okay. Why not? That just doesn't sound right. It can identify as an app. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. (laughs) Okay. So if you want to check out the app that Dr. James and Ginger made, you can go to the family core, and that's C-O-R-E dot com. And check it out. Yeah, I'm going to. It says the family resource planning system. Hmm. They got coloring book pages in there, too. I don't know, David. Buy it and see. Okay. All right. So now that we have been completely off the rails today, David, do you have anything you want to say? Nope. Said everything I need to say. I have something to say. Next year, I am nacho and cooking for my family for Christmas. 
You need a nacho getting groceries, too. Are we going there, David Sims? <laughs> Do you want to go there? Why are you nacho and cooking for your family? Because I spend all day cooking, and they just seemed unappreciative. They did seem unappreciative. They did. So you know what? Next year, take your butt to McDonald's on the way out here. That's all I'm saying, because I'm nacho feeding you. <laughs> Yeah, and I got a coffee cup from somebody that said Nacho Average Brother-in-Law. <laughs> from my sister. <laughs> I was like, who it's from? I never would have guessed. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> well, you said you got it from somebody, like you don't know who. <laughs> well, it could have been her husband. Yeah. Well, they gave you a shirt, too, that says something. Yep. Says something else about brother-in-law. I think it just it says a- just average brother-in-law or something. No, it said the okay, the okayest brother-in-law. Or something. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, so. So they, they somewhat like me. So, so y'all, <laughs> look, I didn't get all upset when they seemed unappreciative. Everybody had a good time. Mm, I was like, that's more food for me. They left, and I said, next year I ain't cooking. Because Lori don't like to cook. And for me to spend way too long in the kitchen. Yeah, 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was 30 minutes. I'm not doing it again. So. You do it for me. No. Like, I enjoy the cooking. Okay. I like what you made. I like the cookies. I like the sausage balls. You made the sausage balls. I know. Yeah. And the cookies, the first batch was horrible. Horrible. They weren't horrible. Yeah, they were. They just tasted like cake. They just weren't as good. I think you left out the sugar. I didn't leave out the sugar. Anyway, let's not critique Lori's cooking right now. So, David, leave these people alone and let them get back to preparing for Christmas. Okay. Or I will. whatever they're doing. All right. Okay. So, can I tell everybody the, the joke that Jackson told me about Santa Claus? Yeah. So, Jackson asked me, what's different between you and Santa Claus? And I'm like, probably nothing. I'm, you know, we're both old and fat and got a beard. Which I don't have a beer, but got a goatee. And it's gray. <laughs> it's white. He's like, it, it is white. Anyway, so he goes, no, that's not it. It's like, Santa Claus has a bunch of hoes. Get it? Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you stupid. <laughs> My sweet baby. <laughs> yeah, he's incorrigible. Uh-huh. Okay, folks. All right, everybody have a wonderful Christmas or whatever it is you celebrate. We'll see you next week. And remember, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.